Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, And we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. You know, our life on the earth, the day you receive Jesus, our life on the earth begins with glory. It begins with a level of glory. The moment you receive the imperishable seed, 1 Peter 1 verse 23 says, you are born of the imperishable seed, which is the living and abiding word of God. The day you receive Jesus, you began in glory. We're not looking forward for glory. You began in glory. You were birthed in glory. You are in glory. Amen. But the beauty is that you can move to another degree of glory. So we are moving from glory to glory to glory to glory. Amen. So wherever you are, whatever level of glory that you are living in, can I tell you, you can move to the next. You can move to the next. That's how you're designed. You're designed to move from glory to glory. There's a seed of glory that's in you. But that seed needs to bear fruit of glory. Paul says something like this in Romans chapter 8 verse 30 that you were predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. You were predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. You're predestined. God predestined you. God thought about it. Even before you were born, you were in God's mind predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. God has a dream for you. God has big plans and purpose for you. And that is for you to be conformed to the image of Jesus. So until and unless that becomes our reality, there's a lot of levels of glory that we need to move into. And God has that for us. If your life does not look like the life of Jesus, glorious, triumphant, victorious in every dimension and aspect of your life, then can I tell you this? There's so much more that you can step into. There's so much more that God has and you can step into. I was trying to study the definition of glory. Definition of glory comes from the Greek word doxa. Doxa, which means intrinsic value. Value that evokes good opinion. You know, we ha often have good opinion about things or people, right? The reason why we have a good opinion is because it has an intrinsic value. There's a value that it carries because of which we have a good opinion. Glory is that intrinsic value that generates good opinion. That provokes the other person to say a good word about you. That's glory. So you see the glory of gold is much more glorious than any other metal. Why? Because gold is more valuable. So you begin with a seed of God's glory in you. You begin with glory. We are not moving into glory from sin. You begin with glory.
but there's levels of glory that you can move into. Your life can move into. And that's our Christian life. That's the life of faith. To move from one degree of glory into another. Another. And I pray that you don't get stagnated in one degree. And I pray that you don't stay in one degree of glory. You don't limit yourself, become complacent, but you move from one degree of glory into another. When, a, when you step into a new level of glory, it feels like, sometimes it feels like you're starting from scratch. It feels like you have to do all over again. But you're not doing it all over again. It's a new level of glory. It's a new level of glory. That's why. That's why I believe discernment is the highest prophetic gift. Discerning where you are. Discerning what God is doing in your life. And I sense some of you, what you think is frustrating you, what you think is causing you anxiety, can I tell you this? It's a new level of glory that you stepped in. You're not running around the mountain. And thinking, I've seen this mountain, I've seen this mountain, I've seen this mountain again and again. It's just a new level of glory. And you're being realigned. This is a prophetic word for some of you. who have been waiting, waiting, waiting with patience, waiting with patience. For some time, for something to happen. And you feel like you're starting from scratch all over again. It's a new job, it feels like you're starting from scratch all over again. New relationship, it feels like you're starting from scratch all over again. But can I tell you, it is not starting all over again. It is new level of glory. You're not the same as you were five years ago. God has worked in your life. If you have received God's word, God's word has transformed you. It has transformed you and it will take you higher and higher. Amen? Amen. So, glory has a lot to do with value. Because glory is the substance of value that you carry. So moving into the next dimension of glory is how much more valuable you are. I think I've shared this with you. I heard a man of God say, the blessing that you are seeking is seeking you. The blessing that you are seeking is seeking you, but cannot find you because it is seeking for an upgraded version of who you are. Your blessing that you're so desperate to look forward and to step into, that same blessing is seeking desperately for you, but cannot find you because it is waiting for an upgraded version of who you are. So the next level of glory is to walk in value, walk towards increasing your value. You know, Proverbs 18 verse 16, I love this verse, it says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. If you have to sit with great people, if, if you have to sit at the table in high places, 
you need to have you need to bring value you need to bring value what is value value is the measure of usefulness to the world now here's something that you have to understand there's spiritual value and there's physical value spiritual value is that you are the beloved child of god and nothing is going to change that your worth comes from knowing that you are beloved that you are loved by god but it needs to be translated into physical value in terms of being useful to the world if you're only stuck with the spiritual value which is not translating into physical value you you're just a spiritual person who's absolutely useless on the earth but if you are so focused on the physical value without without the power of the spiritual worth you will get burnt out and drained out so your spiritual value which is that you are you're born of god that you're a child of god and that you're beloved of god needs to translate into the physical value which is to be useful in the world because people in the world are going to judge your usefulness based on what you do for them that's how it is so your measure of usefulness to the world is determined by your ability to solve problems in the world is determined by the ability to to be effective to create an impact in the world so think about this somebody is waiting for a promotion and wants to earn 10 times of what he's earning how is that going to happen why does a company pay you the amount of money that you are earning right now because because of the value that you generate for them so if if i had to quantify this for you if you are earning 20000 rupees in a company that is because you're generating at least 60000 rupees for the company why would a company give you 20000 when you are not even creating a value of more than 20000 why would they give you 20000 have you thought about it they want to make profit they are in the business of profit because you are more valuable than 20000 that is why they give you 20000 it's not a zero sum game or oh, you 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 generating a revenue of 20000 for the company or oh, your value is this no so if you have to increase in your value let's take this example if you have to think about how is my salary going to increase think about how are you going to become valuable in that company so if you have your phones put it on silent that would be great you don't have to see the wrath of god where was i value you have to increase in value I often find Christians complaining my boss is not increasing my salary. But have you thought about the value that you bring? Have you increased the value that you bring in the place that you work? You increase your value, your salary will come to you. People will come to you saying, "Hey, we want to hire you. We want to give you this much." Because of the value that you bring. Don't keep complaining. My life is still the same. My it's because of the value that you bring is what is attracting 
is what in coming coming towards you is what is what you are attracting in the world favor is attracted by value favor of men now i do understand the supernatural element because we are christians and we pray we release prophetic words speaking tongues believe in jesus i believe in the supernatural element i'm for it but can i tell you the supernatural manifestation can only amplify the natural value for jesus to multiply and feed so many people he still needed five bread and two fish that's why he asked what do you have you need to give him something to multiply the supernatural manifestation can only amplify what you have it's it's an effortless effort see i'm speaking right now i'm not making so much effort as much as the impact this is making because of the microphone that is amplifying my voice so the supernatural element amplifies what i feed into it if you don't feed into anything it cannot amplify because it has nothing to amplify so so many people are praying 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 but they're not feeding into the system that actually amplifies and you're hoping that the supernatural element magically will bring down things magically a bundle of cash will fall down from heaven it doesn't work like that it can happen once or twice but it doesn't work all the time god provided manna from heaven but that was not god's ideal plan The Bible says if you want to eat you should work. If you want to eat you should work. So supernatural element is good and do pray, do spend time hearing God's prophetic word, but it will not amplify if you don't increase your natural value. that's why every time when people come to me for prayer the first thing i say is i will pray for you but you have to work on increasing your value your spiritual value needs to be translated into the physical realm in terms of being useful useful nobody likes lazy people do you like lazy people but we all want to be lazy you getting this so the message of faith is not is not just believing confessing and then doing nothing it it is a very practical message it needs to be translated into your physical if your faith does not have any proof Oh man your faith is not faith. If you tell me I have the faith to fly an aeroplane I'll be like show it to me. Because I'm not going to sit with you on the on that plane if you don't give me enough evidence that you can fly. Am I making sense? Yeah. yeah? So your spiritual worth needs to be translated into your physical worth. And how the world judges your worth is how useful are you to me what can you do for me that's how the world is so you have to work towards improving your usefulness improving your value 
It's going to be a very practical message, okay? Practical Christian life. Moving from one degree of glory into another is the key is becoming more valuable. And I want to give you three keys. Three keys. The first one is vision. Vision. The power of vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. Vision is like setting your destination in the GPS of your life. If you have no vision, that means you haven't set a destination. Your life is clueless. It's chaotic. Vision is what will keep you focused. Vision is what will keep you on course. And even if you have gone off course, it is vision that will bring you back. You need to have vision. Where is God leading you? What's your destination? Where are you heading towards? Vision is what will help you to say no to things that derail you from the purpose. See, it is, it is easy to say no to sin. It is easy to say no to evil things, but it is difficult to say no to good things. And it is vision that will keep you focused. You have to say no to this. It's not just enough to say no to the evil and the sinful things. You have to sometimes say no to the good things because it is distracting you from your vision. So vision is essential. Write this down. Success is not what you pursue. Success is what you attract by who you are becoming more than what you do. Success is not what you pursue. Success is becoming more than what you do. Success is becoming. It is becoming. So you attract by becoming. So before you can do successful things, you have to become. The vision should be, that's who I am. What kind of a person do you want to become? Vision is not about having things. Vision is about becoming that person. See, it's like, if your vision is, I want six-pack abs, it's a, it's, a, it's a good goal. But here's the thing, until you don't see six-pack abs, you're going to be disappointed. But if the vision is, I want to, I want to be a healthy person, then the day you set the vision, you, are, you can act like a healthy person. You can work towards being a healthy person. Then having a six-pack abs is like the, is like the side product of that journey. So vision is not about what you can have. Vision is about what, who you can become. Let me say that again. Vision is not about what you can have. Vision is about who you can become. So instead of just having a vision, I should have $10 million in my bank account, your vision should be, I need to have a healthy financial life. I want to sow 10,000 of dollars into the ministry. Yeah, but your vision could be, I want to become a generous person. So vision is about, not just about what you can have, but it is about who you can become. Because who you are is what you're going to attract. 
you have to become the vision. Vision is about becoming. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 to 3. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. If you don't have a vision written, you will not find something to read. And how can you run if you don't read it? So it says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastened to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. God is saying, if I have given you the vision, it will come forth into fruition. Even if it seems like you are on a waiting period, right at the very end, it will start to accelerate. And things will come. It will happen. It has to happen because it's a vision that the Lord gave. So one thing that you need to ask the Lord is, what's the vision for my life? What is the purpose for my life? Why am I here? You know, we have like a general idea that we are all here to establish God's kingdom but what what is the specific purpose role that you play in establishing his kingdom what is the vision what is the vision that God has given you and that vision is about you becoming that person you becoming that person Oh, I want to have a huge ministry. I want to do this. I want to have a huge business. Again, it's about ha you having this. You have to become that person. Now, many of you, you know, single people here, you want to get married. So, so the vision is, so the goal is, goal could be I want, I want a good husband or I want a good wife. But the vision can be I want to become the right spouse. So you're not looking at things. You are looking at God to transform you into becoming that which attracts those things. So vision is becoming that person. The next key is knowledge. Next key is knowledge. Hosea 4 verse 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. People are destroyed for lack of vision and they are also destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is light to your path. Meaning if the vision is the destination that you set in the GPS of your life, knowledge will give you the direction on how to get there. So knowledge is light. So whenever you see the word light in the Bible, you have to understand that it, talk, it is talking about wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Knowledge is light. If you have no knowledge and if you only have a vision, you know where you want to go, but you don't know how to get there. Knowledge tells you how. Vision tells you where. Psalm 119 was one of five. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 119 was 130. The unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple knowledge. Knowledge is what will take you there. And I'm not just talking about spiritual knowledge. You need natural knowledge. If you don't have a degree, get a degree. Get in school, study. If the vision 
for the vision where you need to be, who you need to become, you have to learn. I've learned it many years ago that my journey is to study every day. If I have to reach where God has asked me to reach, I need to learn every day. I need to spend time every day, spending enough time studying. You will always be a student. Just because you can teach now does not disqualify you from being a student. You will always be a student and you have to be a student. You have to keep learning. Don't stop learning. Just because you have a good post now, don't stop learning. Learn. Read books. Have good relationships whom, who can expose you into the next level. But learn. Learn from people. Learn from books. Learn from knowledge. Learn from whatever is there. Be hungry. Knowledge, even though it is free, it does not come cheap. You have to buy it by your attention, by your humility, by your hunger, by your passion. It just doesn't happen. Knowledge just doesn't happen by praying. It comes free. There's no monetary value. But it requires something of you. It requires your attention. It requires your engagement. That's why the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 1, it says, Come everyone who thirsts, come to the water, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. How can you buy and eat if you have no money? But says, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. And delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ears. So what you are paying is your attention. You know, sometimes we don't value the word because it comes freely. You're not, you're not really sacrificing anything. But you can't receive a revelation without paying for it. Without sacrificing for it. You can't. It will require your passion. It will require your hunger. It will require attention. It requires honor. Knowledge cannot be bought by money, but knowledge can be bought by honor, hunger, passion, attention, humility. Otherwise, you will not receive knowledge. But to have an attitude of learning at all times, because that is what will take you towards your vision. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. The third one. This is the most important one. So the first one you have is vision. What is vision? It sets the destination for your life. What's knowledge? It sets the path towards your life. The final one is mindset. Transformed mindset. So if the vision is the destination and the knowledge is the path, the mindset is the vehicle in which you in which you travel towards your destination. So how fast you want to get towards your vision is determined by your mindset. In what speed you want to go closer to your vision is determined by your 
mindset. What is a mindset? Mindset is a set of belief system. What do you believe? You believe something about money. You believe something about God. You believe something about relationships. You believe something about your career. Whatever you believe is a mindset. And your mindset will determine how fast you go towards your vision. Let me read this verse. Psalms 19 verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Your life will always be a reflection of your mindset. The quality of your life will always be reflected by your mindset. If your mindset is poor, the quality of your life is going to be poor. Sometimes we pray for a blessing and we don't receive the blessing is because God is protecting us because we don't have the mindset to carry that blessing. Because that blessing, when it comes, it will break us down. It will crash us down. Your mindset needs to expand. It needs to stretch. So Jesus said, you cannot pour new wine into old wine skin. Have you seen wine? You guys are Christians. You don't know what wine is. But I'll tell you, wine is, you know, you know they, they ferment grape juice for a long period of time. So you take new wine. And you can't put new wine in an old wine skin because when you put wine in a wine skin, it starts to stretch the wine skin because wine begins to ferment and the leather begins to stretch. So if the wine skin is not new and if it is old, it will break the wine skin and you will lose the wine and the wine skin. So Jesus said you can't pour new wine into new wine skin, into old wine skin. That means you can't you can't receive a new teaching with an old mindset. You have to stretch your mind. The problem is we are trying to, let me, let me give you this, okay? We are trying to receive this new revelation from an old mindset and that old mindset cannot receive it because it, doesn't, it does not have the capacity to receive it. And it crushes the old mindset down. And, and the result is we get offended, we get bitter, but there was, the problem was not with the revelation, the problem was with the mindset. You need to have a new mindset to receive new revelation. For the journey that you're going, it's the knowledge that will set the path towards your vision, but it's your mindset that will carry you there. Without a new mindset, you cannot get there. So new level of glory means a new level of mindset. You know, the Israelites, they limited God by their thinking. Psalm 78 verse 41 says, They tested God again and again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. Another word is limited the Holy One of Israel. You can limit God to work in your life from working in your life. You can limit God from working in your life. You know, you think that God is sovereign, God is all-powerful, He can do whatever He wants, but you can limit Him from working in your life. He wants to do so much, but your limited mindset can limit Him from working. See, water takes the shape of the cup that it is in. It's the same water, the essence is the same. It will take the shape of the container that it is in. The oil, the oil of the Holy Spirit will take the shape of the mindset that you have. The oil is the same. 
You have to increase your mindset. So the widow came to Elisha and said, your servant is dead, my husband, your servant, my husband is dead, and we have no money and the debtors have come. What did Elisha say? What do you have? She said, I have just a jar of oil. What did Elisha say? Bring more oil. He, no, he didn't say bring more oil. He said bring more utensils because the oil that you have is enough. Is enough. But the capacity of how much that oil can flow into is determined by your utensils. You're praying for more anointing. You're praying for more supernatural element to work in your life. Can I say this? You don't need more. You already have enough. But if you can increase your mindset, you'll see more of that supernatural power of the Holy Spirit working. So your mindset will determine the quality of your life. I got this yesterday. Your hands cannot possess what your mind cannot see. Your hands cannot possess what your minds cannot see. Mind travels faster than the body to your vision and then ushers the body to the vision. If your mind has gone towards the vision, using the knowledge, then in no time your body will reach there. If your mind has already gone there to the next promotion that you are waiting for, through the knowledge, it will bring the body to that promotion. Your mindset has to increase. Amen? Now, here's the thing. Mindset is usually conditioned. It's usually conditioned either by genetics or either by the environment. And psychologists say that the environmental conditioning is more superior than the genetic condition. Meaning, irrespective of what your genetic conditioning has been, if you expose yourself to a certain level of environment, it will condition you to think the same. That's why what God does is when he's working in somebody's life and he wants to change their mindset, he delivers them from that environment and takes them to a new environment because that old environment that they have stayed in for a very long period of time has, driv has driven, has drawn a mindset that is limiting them to see God. So when the Israelites were delivered from Egypt, they had to stay in they had to stay in the wilderness for 40 years for that mindset of slavery to change. Because slaves cannot possess the promised land. Slaves cannot drive out giants. So it was God's mercy. It was God's mercy that let them stay in the wilderness so that their mindset will change. The next generation that came, that who were born in the wilderness, they did not have the mindset of the old. They had a new mindset to possess the promised land and to drive out giants. So one way that you can stretch your mindset is by exposure. Say with me, exposure. Exposing yourself from the old environment to a new environment where God is leading you. 
And, but the thing is, when God delivers us from an old place, from an old environment, and he takes us to a new environment, it feels like suffering. It feels like suffering, but it is not. It is a new level of glory. That's what I was trying to tell you in the beginning. If God delivered you from Egypt and he takes you through wilderness, you will always feel, what is God doing? Because that's your comfort zone. That is where you're comfortable with. You, have been, you become comfortable with your suffering. You become comfortable by getting the whip of the taskmaster and becoming a slave. Now becoming free is like really challenging you. So if the Lord has delivered you from an old environment and has put you in a new environment, don't worry, just stay there, stay there, stay there. Expose yourself. Expose yourself to that discipline. And that will change your mindset. The problem is those Israelites who died in the wilderness were constantly could not let go of Egypt. So even though they were delivered from Egypt, Egypt was still in them. They were still thinking about Egypt. And that's why their mindset could not be changed. They could not believe. God did not say that they were grasshoppers. The devil did not say that they were grasshoppers. The giants did not say that they were grasshoppers. They said to themselves that we are grasshoppers. So your mindset really determines how fast you get to your vision. Your mindset is a vehicle. Good enough? Now I want to conclude here. Where there is no prophetic vision, people perish. Where there is no knowledge, people perish. People perish for lack of knowledge. And your mindset will always limit you. I want to read you three verses again, okay? Psalms 29 verse 18. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people perish. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Hosea 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of Knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Psalms 19 verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. What I want you to show you is the keys to improving your value, to moving from one level of glory into another. The key is... The three keys are vision, knowledge, and mindset. But do you see the common denominator here? It's the word. It's the word that gives you the vision. It's the word that gives you the knowledge. It's the word that increases your mindset. It's the word. So if, if the word has been conceived in you, then that word will come out. Jesus who is lying on the major is not the Jesus who is the one who is victorious because that Jesus has grown. So if the word has been conceived in your heart, it will come forth. Your level has to change. It will change because you will grow. The word in you will grow. It has the capacity to grow. So it looks like you are still in the manger. It looks like you're still stuck in the old one. No, but you have received the word. And that word will grow into a triumphant, victorious, glorious reality. So the word of God is the seed that you need, which needs to find a resting place in your, oh, in your mind and your heart. 
Now here is when I want to talk about supernatural, the supernatural element. Be attentive, okay? Genesis chapter 1. And the Lord said, let there be light. And there was light. God spoke and it happened. But you have to understand, for any supernatural manifestation to happen, it requires the union of God's word and his spirit. Because if you read the previous verse, it says, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Just the spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters did not yield the light to come. The Lord had to speak just by the Lord speaking, did not bring the light. It was the union of the word and the spirit in your life. This is where the supernatural manifestation happens. When you, you get united, you bring God's word and his spirit, that's when you see supernatural acceleration, supernatural growth in your life. You can't stay in one dimension only. I'm, I'm a word person. I'm a word person. I don't need to pray. Oh, I'm a prayer person. I am a prayer person. I don't, need, I don't need the word. And you always see such polarized sides in, in the body of Christ. And they have good results on each side, but not a balanced one. What is better than the truth? The whole truth. You need the whole truth. You need the whole counsel of the Lord. So it is the union of the word and the union of the spirit that brings supernatural manifestation. For those of you who are struggling to pray, can I say this? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh. Who are we talking about? Jesus. This word used to pray. If the word used to pray, what excuse do you and me have? The word used to pray. And we are like so puffed up I have the word, I have the word, I have the word. You want to see fruits in your life, it has to be the union of the word and prayer. The word and the spirit. That's why the apostles told, told, told the people, they said, you know, we have to be continually in the ministry of word and the ministry of prayer. We cannot be taken for any other service. We have to be con continually dedicated to doing the ministry of word and the ministry of prayer. You need the ministry of word and the ministry of prayer. That's when you see supernatural acceleration. Amen. Amen. Are you blessed? Okay. So, I believe the Lord is doing something, especially for the church. And, oh man, the Lord is leading us powerfully. He has a vision for each and every one of us. Has a vision. Has a great vision. As you have great plans. You know, God has great plans for you. God has great dreams for you. So God does not have a limited life set for you. You know, God has great plans. God has great plans. So I'm going to pray over you guys. And I believe the Lord... The power of the Holy Spirit is going to touch you right now, even as we pray. Do you believe it? I believe it. I, I can sense it. Pray that the Lord will give you the vision, the knowledge, and the mindset to get there. 
the next level of glory is for you is for you is for you but you have to make the effortless effort it is an effortless effort it is an effortless effort the supernatural can only amplify what the natural carries see look at paul and peter paul was the most educated one he was more well versed with the scriptures not that god can only use the most educated one but if you see who wrote two thirds of the new testament it is paul because paul knew the language and had the skill to translate his theological concept into simple words those those words are not simple for us but that's what he says but peter on the other hand even though he was a foundation of the church at that time he was a, he was a, he was one of the senior pastors there he wrote, he wrote only two books two letters and he needed help people had to help him write that letter so you understand what i'm trying to say so this education that your parents are forcing you into don't take it lightly god has a bigger purpose and he sees he sees why why you're being pushed into that uncomfortable situation so any avenue of learning that you can receive or oh, grab it by its horns take it as a challenge take it as a challenge we need do you understand the kingdom does not just require pastors and prophets the kingdom requires daniels daniels do you understand daniels daniels are advisors to the king they don't just they, they don't just speak a verse they know the words but they speak words that will translate and change the history of nations god needs esthers god needs josephs who can administer an entire nation take an entire nation from famine into harvest so what you're studying what whatever career that you're into god can amplify it and use it for his kingdom for his glory so don't belittle that he has great purpose for you amen